Welcome to the Your Purpose is Calling podcast, conversations with Christians who are finding their purpose, redefining work, and changing their world. I'm your host, Don Sadler. In this podcast, we've talked to many guests about overcoming fear and taking a risk to start a business. But what happens after we take that initial leap? Does risk become easier when we move from startup phase to growth phase? Or do the stakes just get higher? My guest today is Emily Vandenhever. Emily and her husband, Ben, are the co-founders of Brooklyn Biltong. They originally got the idea the day after their wedding when Ben noticed that friends couldn't seem to get enough of his homemade biltong, a South African version of beef jerky. Ben, a native of South Africa, grew up eating biltong in his grandfather's butcher shop in Pretoria and loved making homemade batches for friends in the States. Sitting on the stoop of their Brooklyn apartment, Ben and Emily got a vision, and Brooklyn Biltong was born. In this episode, Emily talks about the days of building a startup business, from early pitfalls to a successful Kickstarter campaign, as well as how she and her husband managed the risks involved with growing a business. In just a moment, we'll meet Emily and hear her story, as well as her practical advice for learning from failure navigating risk, and seeking God at every stage of growing a business. First, I want to let you know that you can access all of the Your Purpose is Calling podcast episodes when you subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. You can access show notes for today's episode at dawnsadler.com slash 013. And now, let's meet Emily. Hi, Dawn. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um, we, your business that we're going to hear more about in just a moment that you and your husband, um, Ben, run together. Uh, I've been so excited just to see so many stages of it and just to be cheering you on. Um, but you tell it best. So for those of our listeners who don't already know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah, there's many stages of this business, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm Emily Vandenhever. I'm the co-founder of Brooklyn Bulltong. It's a South African beef jerky company. I founded it with my husband, Ben Vandenhever. My background's actually in design, ranging from user experience to web and graphics. I've been working as a designer while Ben led the way with Bultong for almost four years now. The company's about four years old. But with the birth of our little baby girl, I've been put in the fortunate position to make Brooklyn Bultong my primary focus as well. That's so great. Yeah. And where did the idea for Brooklyn Bultong come from? So we actually... We have differing stories sometimes. I know brand-wise, we try to keep it consistent, but Ben and I have two stories. I like to tell it as we were on our stoop, and it was a day after our wedding. Mm -hmm. We had just read the book, Build Something That Matters, by the Tom's Shoes founder, and we had had all these ideas bubbling around in our head about uh, Bultong, because at our wedding the previous day, we had made some what we called at the time kitchen bultong for our friends, and they went crazy over it. Mm-hmm. They were talking about the opportunity for bultong in America and thinking, why don't they have it over here yet? Things like that. And uh, 
you know, we, we saw some homeless people walking by and we were sharing our reception food with them. And it kind of clicked in those two instances of giving back. Ben said, I wish we had some bultong to give them because we'd obviously run out of the wedding. Mm-hmm. And it was like a light flipped on. So Brooklyn Bultong was born from the we'll want to share what we have with our neighborhood and also the excitement of a new, fresh, high protein snack to share with America. That's amazing. And so you guys decided to start um, the business and I'm really excited. We're going to, we're going to talk a lot in this episode about risk taking. And I think a lot of people um, can identify with just that first big risk, like jumping into the ring um, as it was. So how did you guys walk through that? How did you take that risk? What did, um, what did that process look like and what were some of the challenges that you faced early on? So I would say this, we probably picked the hardest product in the world to make (laughs) besides milk, (laughs) but meat in America, especially it's, it's a good thing. The USDA is so strong, but it's, it was a hard process to get to where we are currently. We had began co-packing. We were white labeling with another Bolton company and building our brand. And I think the first big risk we probably took in that regard was to say, we can't afford to white label anymore. We were putting their Bolton in our bag. We mm-hmm. need to find somebody who can make our Bolton ourselves. So what we did at the time, we actually, unfortunately, took out a large loan and hopped right into the Pfizer building, downtown Brooklyn. <laughs> And said, we're going to make it ourselves. So we were in a very go, go, go mode. We weren't getting a lot of um, outside counsel. We were kind of on a high of we can make it ourselves. We can do this, which is all well and good. But I tell you, there is wisdom and counsel. Yeah. So we ended up hopping into a building that could never be USD approved, which we took a, I can't remember if it was two years or five year loan. Um, lease out on. So that was quite a adventure letting that little building go, but eventually it didn't work out for us. So then, uh, we were stuck with that kind of big mistake. And I don't like to look at it as a mistake. I like to look at it as a crash course in business. It would have <laughs> been the same price for us both to go to NYU for a year. <laughs> so it worked out. But what we learned from that was there's absolute wisdom and counsel and um, that kind of accelerated us into a better place, actually, because we realized we're n- we don't want to make the product ourselves. Sometimes it's good to figure out what are your strengths. Our strengths was brand building. We had a great recipe. So from there, we went on to check out other co-packers that could, you know, meet USDA facilities that could actually make our product that we didn't have to make it ourselves exactly. And we wouldn't be stuck in the kitchen for nine, 10 hours a day. We could actually go out and brand build. So we ended up finding a co-packer in uh, Trenton, New Jersey, who was an absolute lifesaver and a total godsend because mm. it is a, like I said, it's a hard product to make. And this guy, his name is chef uh, Rick Tarantino. And he took it on as almost a little baby. And he was very excited to work with us, the ins and outs of the product. And so we went with him. We had been with him until actually this coming year, we're moving over to a larger facility that has endless product, which is very exciting. But um, I would say just the biggest risk would 
we took in that regard was to make the choice of what was our priority. What are our strengths? What did we really want to do? And that in a way was, it was kind of hard to off handle our little baby and say, here's the actual product. You're going to put it in our bags and stamp our name on it to somebody else completely. But in the end, it was absolutely worth it. So let me ask you, um, so the lease uh, thing, you were in the lease and then you discovered um, that there was an issue. And I think so many of our listeners can relate to they're just getting started and they face maybe their first big hurdle. And I'm just curious, like, how did you and Ben, how did you pray through that? And what were you asking for and why, what, what kept you going at a time? Because I think sometimes you know, there's a big mistake in business and people sort of internalize that as failure instead of, um, maybe this is a learning experience and we're going to keep going. And I just love to walk through that a little bit, just to kind of give our listeners a, you know, a little bit of insight to what that time was like for you. Sure. It was actually, there was a lot going on during that time. I had, um, actually just lost my younger brother and, that was, that kind of accelerated us into a go, go, go. We have to live, you know, life is short kind of mentality. And, um, sometimes acting when there's high emotions going on is not the best way to go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I would say failure, I feel too many people are actually afraid to say they failed and failure is not really a bad thing when you learn and grow from it at all. We, are happy to have failed because it, again, accelerated us into a better position than we would have been in had we not even, or had we succeeded with this little factory there in the Pfizer building. So um, as far as praying through it, I would say Ben really grabbed the reins on that. It's it's so great to have a business partner, right? I would encourage anybody. I know sometimes it's hard to share your dream and share the depths of your passion with somebody else. But if you can, it's great because you, when you're weak, they should be strong and vice versa. And that's absolutely what Ben has always been for me, especially, and hopefully I to him. We can ask him later. I'm going to say I have been since he's not here. (laughs) But basically when I was discouraged from this, he was the one who said, no, you know what, let's take this as a learning experience. Let's go forward with it. I feel that we're still supposed to continue the bulltong. And um, it was really a, God turned it into a good experience because like I said, we probably, I don't know if we would have been where we are had we had that small room. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't. We grew much faster than expected anyway. Mm-hmm. So there was um, all those little technical the technical side of things, but also just the spirit side of things to say, Hey, we did make this big mistake, but God, you're still with us. You're still leading us. And then the doors after that just flew wide open. So I would encourage, um, anybody who's in that position just to kind of look at the absolute good that's going to come from things, see what God has. It might not be what it, you thought it would look like, So look really hard, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Look under every rock. There you Um, go. um, So tell me a little bit about when you guys were first starting out, how did you build a customer base? So we, and we still currently, 
just try to accept every opportunity. I know it's not always the best to say yes to everything, but sometimes it is a good thing. Yeah. So when we can and when it's aligning with our goals, we just say yes. We say yeah. yes, yes to CrossFit gyms. We say yes to events. We say yes to any way to get our name out there. And I would say one of the biggest things is to be genuine because there's so many companies that say, hey, here's this vitamin. Hey, here's this. But it's it's different if they see you sitting there and you're actually eating the product and you're talking and you take them out to a coffee or do these little genuine things that build that relationship. I would say our customer base was probably built on us just being honest in saying yes and trying to be as genuine as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys do that so well. And yeah. And, um, another part of your story, especially early on building that customer base is that you guys had a, a phenomenally successful Kickstarter campaign um, that was picked up as a staff favorite. Uh, I don't know if that's still accessible, but if so, the video was beautiful. Everything that you did, around that was done with such excellence. Tell us about that experience. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, Kickstarter is one of the best ways to build your tribe. It's so much fun. It is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. We uh, actually tried to run a second one at one point and didn't put enough care into it. I was just recently pregnant, so I was absolutely beat the whole time. (laughs) And that one didn't succeed, but the one that did actually was so much fun. We, um, we really, that was our, when we were going into the new co-packer and we had to buy some equipment. So we were looking to get funding for that. And like I said about kind of being genuine on there, there's videos where we're just goofing off and talking on the street and filming ourselves and things like that. I, I think that that realness of trying to you know, we want to push a brand on you, I suppose, but we really want you to be part of who we are. So we did a lot of email collecting at that time. We did a lot of, um, uh, what do you call it? And Instagramming, we had all of our social media stuff set up way beforehand. It took a lot of prep, a lot of preparation in order to really pull it off nicely. But we worked with a really great local company in Brooklyn who did the video and that was so much fun. Yeah, that was that was so great to watch. So tell us, um, just in those early phases, again, we're going to get into to scaling the business in just a bit, but in those early um, days, what were some of the big wins? What were some of the ways that God showed up and, and just you and left you and Ben saying, wow, this is more than we could have could have even thought? I would say the biggest one, once we had our awesome funding from the Kickstarter, which was in itself a God thing, absolute open door, because yeah. that's you never know how that's going to go. I would say one of the biggest wins was getting into our first USDA facility after the failed factory. Mm-hmm. So we were actually been found them. We were Googling around, seeing who could process the meat at our capacity and all of, meet all of our regulations because it is such a sensitive product and things like that. And I think getting our chef who helped perfect the recipe, being sugar-free and helped um, set up all the equipment and get everything USDA approved, he went above and beyond what any normal USDA facility would, especially at our small capacity. We started with one box. We're up to, what is it? I think almost 12 now in our current um, 
current place. And we're out, we've, like I said, we were outgrowing that one and scaling up. So that was a definite huge win just to see that somebody else was interested in our dream. Somebody else was excited about what we were doing and had it, the same energy that we did to make it a reality. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you, how do you maintain that passion through all for, uh, for your, for a company with all the ups and downs along the way? How, what is it that keeps you and Ben passionate and inspired and moving forward? To be honest, there is, there's been a few times we've kind of put a limit on it and said, okay, this is it. You know, if this doesn't come through or if that doesn't come through and you know, that's not, not the right way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that it's, it's been a pretty deep piece, I suppose. Anytime that we feel that that was it, it's going to be done now. God has pulled off something crazy, ridiculous. That's been so much fun. Like getting into the new facility was one, but even just some publicity sometimes. He, he put us on a humongous website and orders were just ticking off as fast as seconds pass. That was so much fun to see. Things like that. Anytime that we have felt down, God's really come through and said in a tangible way, he said, wait, here's something. Here's something else. It's not like a carrot dangling in front of our face, but it's just a confirmation that we are on the right path. And I mean... I would say the Holy Spirit is definitely the best partner to have. Anytime that we've doubted something, he's confirmed it in either a still small voice or a really loud, like I said, publicity or something being put in a magazine or whatever it is. Or yeah, he's just a great partner to have. He's not going to lead you where you're not supposed to be. It's so interesting. We were talking, um, we actually recorded another episode earlier today, and I think that um, we just talked about how as entrepreneurs, it's such a different relationship with God than I think it is in corporate life. Not that there isn't, not that God isn't equally as present in both spaces, Mm. But when you've got the check coming in every two weeks and, you know, you've got the structure and you've got the office, that's one experience. But I think it's a different experience when, you know, like you said, just kind of out of nowhere, God shows up and does something that we could have never imagined. Right. And and I just really feel like entrepreneurs, um, again, not more or less than anybody else, but I just really feel like there's a sacred space of how we learn to lean on God constantly. Absolutely. Um, And like somebody said, you know, earlier today, I have to be in prayer over my business every single day. Oh, yeah. Um, And just truly partnering with, you know, as you said, partnering with the Holy Spirit who has all wisdom and all, you know, um, all breakthrough and everything. And I just, I, I, I just can't get enough of hearing, um, Hearing about ways that God continually shows up right. um, when people just devote their business to Him, and um, so I'd love to talk to you. We're gonna we're gonna talk again uh, about risks in just a minute, but tell me a little bit about what how Brooklyn Biltong fits into you and Ben and your sense of your purpose and calling. So I would say. With Brooklyn Bultong, we one of our slogans is to, you know, be bold and be a blessing. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes too too many of us think 
that, um, you know, their job is it or their lifestyle is it. And there's not really a place for them to, if they want to go on a six month road trip that they can, Mm -hmm. things like that. So I would say with our lifestyle, Ben and I, we both try to try to be very spontaneous. It's a little harder now with the we one, but, um, I would say it, it's just where our hearts really lie. We try to live the brand. Mm-hmm. I would say we really want to, we're not trying to force, um, a false identity onto ourselves. We're really living who we are and saying, Hey, if there's something that you can take from this, you know, try, try to do so because this is all we have to give to the world. You get, you know, what you leave with the world is what it keeps of you in a way, I mm-hmm. suppose. And we try to do that with Bultong with, um, the giving way to the homeless, but also just in a way trying to provide something that I know it sounds cheesy, but the product doesn't have anything artificial in it. So we really try to stir that in our hearts and say, Hey, there is a different way of living. There's a different way of eating. You know, we can, let's do this together kind of thing. Mm. Precious. Brilliant. I'm taking notes as fast as I can. It's <sighs> just so much gold and just even just what you said there, but, um, oh, thank you. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, let's talk a little bit about taking risks. We often hear all the time people are talking about the risk of starting your own business, and um, but you're way past the startup phase at this point. And um, you know, we were talking earlier, and you were saying, you know, that risk taking doesn't ever really go away. Yeah. And so, talk to us about like what is risk taking look like now as you are scaling your business from startup into more of a a growth mode? I don't know what you would call it at this point, but um, what does that look like for you now? So I would say the, like you said, the risks don't actually ever really go away. They just seem to get bigger in a way. So currently what that looks like is our expansion Mm-hmm. So we've been entrusted with this awesome God business that he's obviously been blessing and kept us going with. And now the question is, where do we go from here? And he's leading us on to bigger things. So we're going to be moving into a bigger facility. I think scaling up isn't always easy because there's the cash flow issue. There is the um, production issue. There's things that keep moving. You're in this car and it's just barreling down the highway. But at the same time, you need to be cleaning the taillights and doing all these little things to it, but it's still moving. You know what I mean? It's (laughs) if you you paint that little picture there. So I would say, um, yeah, my encouragement would just be don't get discouraged when these things come up. Just try to figure out, like I said, partnering with the Holy Spirit is one of the biggest ways and literally just waking up every day and saying, okay, Holy Spirit, here's what we have to do today. Here are these A, B, and C of big scaling things. Currently we're scaling, so that's um, where I'm going to go with this. But just partnering with him, even those words of saying that makes all the difference in the world, literally. He's like a secret weapon. (laughs) (laughs) But I would say trying to stay clear with um, your bigger risks that you're taking. So one of the best things, like I said, the Holy Spirit partner with him. But to get advice, 
there is wisdom in a multitude of counsel, and that is one of the biggest things that you can do. You shouldn't listen to every Joe and Jane that want to talk over your business because my gosh, they come out of the woodwork and you don't like, what have you ever done this before? But it is really, it is good advice to have a mentor and say, Hey, we're thinking about doing this. It's going to be this amount of a loan. What do you think? You know, and the questions that they pose back as far as return and, um, what you have planned for the year, just to be clear in your goal setting, things like that. It's, it's vitally important. How, how would you, if somebody was listening to this and saying, um, that sounds great, I would love a mentor, how do I get one? What are some of the things that you would tell them practically to find that wise counsel? Practically, I say look in the church. <laughs> Just because there's so many great Christians that are there. I mean, yeah, the church is such a untapped resource sometimes. I firmly believe that almost everything can be found within the Christian body if we really just look for it. So God is going to provide for one thing. Mm-hmm. But the second thing would be you've got to get out there. I mean, if there's any type of business opportunities or business communities, check there first of all. But you know, if you can, see who's doing what in the church. Start talking about careers and things and see where they are. For one thing, and then look in the church first. If you can't do that, then I would suggest a business community in your local area because you want somebody around you and close by that's going to be able to, you know, meet with you and answer whatever questions you have, things like that. But church, I'd suggest a church. Yeah, that's great. And then as you, um, again, you're a little bit further down the line and as you're scaling the business, does risk taking get easier? I feel it's kind of funny. It doesn't really, it just gets bigger. That would be my thing. So to where taking a thousand dollar loan at one point seemed like a big deal. I mean, there could be hundreds of thousands of dollars of loans, you know, with very little promised, but you know, it's, you know, with beyond the doubt that it's the next step to take. So just for that comparison, it doesn't really go away. It gets, it gets bigger. It, uh, let me rephrase that. I would say it gets doesn't get easier, but you get used to it. Yeah, yeah. That would be the way to go. You know more of your spirit checks that you can run through quickly. You learn um, the warning signs to look for. You kind of have a repertoire now of, okay, this is a flag that I shouldn't be, you know, going this way and you built up, you should by that point have a community built up around you to where you do get wise counsel for your choices that you're making. And yeah, I hope that answered it. (laughs) Yeah, no, it does. Do you feel like even though, um, as the risks get bigger, do you feel like, you know, you take the thousand dollar loan, for example, and then, you know, down the line, it's hundreds of thousands, but do you feel like your faith has changed as you've stepped out and taken these risks over time and seen how God has been faithful to show up, do you feel like your faith has changed? And that Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Ben and I were just speaking about that today, actually, in prep for this conversation. He was talking about how it's almost, as an entrepreneur, you like you said, you have a special look. Appreciation for faith, I would yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> because if you are always getting, if you have a store, store it up, um, 
supply of cash, you don't have to worry about God providing, to be honest. You know, you don't have to worry about these little things that you do as an entrepreneur. So yes, it definitely grows. It definitely, I would say that's kind of the the thing that makes it that you get used to. You're like, oh, of course God's going to show up. You kind of get used to how he provides and things like that when you are truly walking in the way that he has for you. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then when you are facing um, a choice where whether or not to take that risk, um, I think sometimes people get caught up in, oh, I'm going to wait for a clear word from God. Are there, do you feel like you always get a word from God or do you feel like a lot of times it's, I'm just going to leap and my faith is that wherever I go, he is with me and, and the Holy Spirit will guide me? The second one. <laughs> <laughs> There's very few times, especially me, myself, I'm Ben's the visioneer and I'm the A to B person in our relationship, in our business partnership. So sometimes I'm very hesitant when things are happening and he's kind of, him and the Holy Spirit are always the push for that in our business anyway. But um, it's not always a clear sign. Sometimes it actually almost looks opposite, but you just have that gut feeling in there's not two Holy Spirits. This is where the multitude of counsel is. There's wisdom in it because you're not going to hear something from your mentor that's different than what they, if they say they heard from the Holy Spirit and you hear from the Holy Spirit. There's not going to be a conflicting opinion. Yeah. So that's why it's important to have these people who truly do hear from the Holy Spirit and you can have that agreement, that three chord there. Yeah. 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 I love that. And then, um, Earlier, you talked about spirit checks and red flags. Are there any that you could talk about? Any spirit checks or red spirit checks that you um, do, or red flags that you see? I know it's different for every person because businesses are different and people are different. Right. All of that, but are there any examples that um, that you could give on that? I would say when something is seems to be a good opportunity, but it doesn't agree with something biblical or it doesn't agree with your brand. And I don't mean this to be, it's not going to be something illegal. Most, I mean, it could be, but you know, my examples aren't. Yeah, (laughs) It's just simply, for instance, we were going to do non-grass-fed beef for one client to be able to get into a large chain. And I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to compromise on our quality of product just to get in front of the eyes. And in the end, it was a good decision not to. Mm-hmm. So we didn't uh, want to do that. And thankfully, yeah, we didn't. <laughs> I feel like that's such a, um, I feel like that is such an important thing about you and Ben living your brand. I think a lot of people think about brand as sort of like, I don't know, logos and, and whatever, this sort of manufactured thing. Sure. And I think that when you live your brand, it's much easier to say that doesn't fit for us because this is actually who we are instead of this manufactured message. Do right. Think, do you think that's true? I think that's true. I, I do think that it's it's harder sometimes too because your brand sometimes feels a little Wally Wampus and all over the place because that's <laughs> humanity and that's who you are. But yeah. I would say it is easier to truly live your brand. And it's amazing how um, when you are really living in what God's telling you to do and you're following your passion and you're 
opening your heart up to the wild world. Yeah. It's, it's fun to see how, um, not accommodating, but how understanding people are because I, I tend to write sometimes, yeah, there's a human on the other end of this email thread, you know, when people are surprised by my honesty or something like that, I, I'd yeah. say, hey, we're all humans here. If we were all in a room together, I don't know if we'd be saying this, you know, any differently kind of thing. So yeah, it is a lot easier, even though it doesn't always look the best. It is yeah. easier. Yeah. Well, Emily, I could easily spend the next two hours continuing to talk to you about this because I just, um, so much wisdom that you've shared. And I know that uh, I'm going to be, um, I know a lot of our listeners are going to be blessed by it. I already have been. And I'm so grateful for your generosity uh, in sharing your time and, and your experiences of building your company with us. Um, but it's that time where we have to, we have to bring it to a close, unfortunately. So I'd love to, um, I'd love to just, uh, ask what we call the final five, five questions that, um, are designed to resource our listeners. And so the first one is, um, what is other than the Bible, what book has changed your life and why? So I have to confess, I've never read anything else by this author, but Stephen King's book titled On Writing mm. is one of my all-time favorites. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of minimalism and the concept of essentialism, which is another good book, by the way. But he's all mm. about practical ways to evaluate priorities. He condenses and condenses until he's left with the purest form of the story that he's trying to tell. And his mm. concepts really carry over to anyone working to master their calling. Mm. I love that book. I have never heard it um, described as beautifully as you just did, but I, <laughs> I am I'm with you. It's a great book. And Essentialism, um, that's come up in our podcast before as well, and we'll sure. include links in, um, in the show notes. Uh, tell us one podcast you're listening to now and why. So I love podcasts probably too much, but my standout relevant to Bultong is Andy Stanley's leadership podcast. He's a what is it? I can't remember the church name now, of course, but it's a big, big church. But he does a really good job about being in the world, but not of it. He's an expert at vision casting. He stays biblical, but he uses all walks of life in business. And he definitely doesn't put the Holy Spirit in a box. He's pretty great. That's great. Um, what's your favorite Bible verse and why? So it's found in Habakkuk, which I'm probably not pronouncing that right. But uh, <laughs> the verse I always come back to would be 318, and it says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. So this, voice is, or this verse has carried me through my entire life. Joy always doesn't always mean happy, right? It's a peace that no matter what, He is the God of my salvation. Salvation means deliverance, protected, loosed from death. It's it means life. So whatever variables can come, I can live in complete confidence in that constant. Mm, that's so beautiful. Um, tell us the best business advice you've ever heard. This is also from Andy Stanley, so I didn't make mm-hmm. it up. But it's don't, <laughs> don't trade what is unique to you for something someone else can do. Mm. So as entrepreneurs, we're really good at doing it all you know, the whole time, but it was a game changer for me when I started to prioritize what is unique to me and delegating anything that wasn't, that I could, obviously, you know, and this carries over to family life as well, by the way. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and what advice would you give to somebody right now who's maybe feeling fear over stepping out and taking a risk um, to start or to grow their business? So I would say embrace your season, right? So keep things keep things in perspective. I struggle accepting where I am sometimes. You know, I, I try so hard to stay present, but I can find myself wishing that process by. So there's always so much to be looking forward to, you know, beyond the risk, beyond this, when that's going to happen. Milestones and vision, they're excellent things. But um, the daily choice to live fully in the present, soaking everything up from that season, that's what actually enables you to grow into the next step. And that enables you to take that risk. Single breaths create a lifetime after all. Mm, so good. Um, so before we wrap up, I would love it if you don't mind just um, praying over our listeners again, anybody who might be facing those risks and, and wanting to overcome to, to, to launch or scale a business or even just something that they're passionate about. If you would take a, wouldn't mind taking a moment just to pray over them. Yeah, sure. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you are the one that planted our heart's desires, that you trust us with talents and passions of all shapes and walks, but with the same goal of building your kingdom. We just love your creativity, God. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you equip us with everything we need to cultivate and grow in our purpose. You've already given it to us. It's right there. I just pray a new breath of revelation over us today as listeners that we take care to live fully we take courage to live in the moments you give us, to run in our purpose, to create to your glory, God, living bold lives and just resting in complete confidence and joy in you, God, our God of salvation. We give everything to you. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. And Emily, tell our listeners where they can find you online. So you can find us at brooklynbulltong.com or wakeuprobot.com. That is my own personal little bit of portfolio. <laughs> That's awesome. Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Don. I appreciate your time. This was good. I'd like to thank my guest, Emily Vandenhever of Brooklyn Biltong for joining me today. You can access the show notes for today's episode at dawnsadler.com slash 013. This has been the Your Purpose is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sadler. To hear more conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Have thoughts or questions about today's episode? Join the conversation by following me on Instagram at Don Sadler. Thanks for listening.